0: Let's start the fucking show, eh? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You too. Thanks, I like you a lot too. Well, hello, hello once again, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host once again, and of course, I'm always joined by Wasted. We've got an interesting topic tonight, something that we have talked about before, but I think we need to revisit it because it just keeps getting weirder and weirder as we go on. It's the topic of AI... And AI deepfakes and AI sex and artificial intelligence and what's happening and there's no regulations and it's wild, wild west in the internet world with, with all this deepfake stuff coming out. Who's who? What's what? We don't know. I'm going to talk about it with Wasted.
1: Wasted, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. Just
0: opening the beer. There we go. We need that. So Wasted, AI, sex, robots, deepfakes celebrities, politicians, when does it stop? What's going on? What can you tell me?
1: Well, it's going to be a big problem, that's for sure, as in they're going to have to like come up with a load of new laws or some way of monitoring it to protect individuals and politicians. I guess overall people are just going to get used to the idea that this kind of thing exists. So you, when your mum calls you and tells you to transfer her like a grand, you know, you can't you can't trust her. It could be a deep fake. So you need to get, like, you Skype more, don't you?
0: It, it very well could be. I mean, at first, I think I was doing some digging today and I came across uh, a, a PDF document from uh, Homeland Security. Sorry. It's uh, it's called Increasing Threat of Deep Fake Identities. It's from. Uh, Homeland Security was released a couple couple years ago and they start talking about uh, how the threat of deep deepfakes is becoming more and more prevalent. And they traced it back to 1917, uh, 1917, 2017 uh, motherboard reported on a video that appeared on the Internet in which the face of Gal Gadot had been superimposed on existing pornographic video. To make it appear that the actress was engaged in the acts depicted. So despite being a deep fake, the video was good enough quality that the casual viewer might be convinced or just might not care. That's going back now, so we're 2023, so we're going back six years now since deep fakes came, came to the, to the, to the forefront. And I'll trace back to that Gal Gadot video. And from then, now, it's, we've, we've seen umpteen uh, deepfakes uh, concerning Donald Trump, uh, he was one of the most deepfaked uh, videos and pictures on social media, especially going now with his uh, trial that's going on, uh, there's pictures of him fighting with the police and standing in a mugshot and standing in front of a crowd. All of them are fake. All of them have have now been known to be fakes. But he is one of the most deepfaked um, personas, people, if you will, uh, out there today. Uh, There's some some lots of Joe Biden and his voice. There was a podcast that used Joe Biden, a Joe Biden deepfake, saying that um, Joe Biden was saying, uh, "Joe Biden will be back on the so-and-so podcast." You can count it, Joe Biden out. And they were all laughing that they got it done. It sounds exactly like, like him. It doesn't sound anything like uh, a computer generated voice. So things are progressing in the deep fake world at a staggering pace. It's very alarming. I want to talk about deep fake porn. What do you think, Wasted? Um, well, I think this,
1: this,
0: it, this could get, uh, it
1: goes like two ways. It, I mean, I think it's kind of, it could be very damaging to like, like teenage girls. In a sort of lower, in a in a sort of lower register way, just you know, on a day to day basis, if they can be like just photoshopped into something, something like that, and then spread around the school, so there's that kind of element to it. There's already kind of existed probably, hasn't it, in terms of like texting and just photos, nude. But now they don't need permission to do it, so I think that could like affect like a teenage girl or something. when you get older, you know. And then when everybody knows about this thing, it'll just get dismissed more easily, I think. So, so of it,
0: if, go ahead, sorry, wasted. Yeah,
1: I just think that it could be like damaging to kids, like on a sort of like day-to-day basis, easily.
0: Uh, even if it is known to be fake, it can still like affect them. Absolutely, there's going to be psychological effects that are going to be felt for for years. Um, it's funny that you did talk about um, consensual. Or not, because uh, two very predominant websites, uh, Pornhub and Reddit, have banned all deepfakes from their sites, say, citing that it's it's non-consensual contact, content. So um, they're they've taken that step to to try and eradicate it from their sites, and it would especially be damning on on something like um, Pornhub because, well, it's a porn site and. You know, a lot of people like celebrity porn. There was, there was a while, um, celebrity porn, um, and then, of course, there was, uh, the, the, it was called revenge porn that, that guys were putting up and, uh, quickly taken down because, again, it's, it's non-consensual, um, of guys that had broken up with their girlfriends. And these are real people and, uh, had posted pictures of, of him and his ex-girlfriend having sex without, The knowledge of of the girl. So that's been quickly put to rest. But with the emergence of deep fake technology, it's it wouldn't be that hard to to just make up a video altogether. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think there's that part of it, but it, it also
1: depends on the actual like victim. Like if you put me in a deep fake and I'm like, yep, that's definitely me. For sure. I'm going to show it to people. It's not going to really like bother me. It all depends on the actual, the victim. Uh, so the only thing I can see is like, like you said, the, the rules that they're going to bring in plus everybody just being aware that it is like the deep fake and that's around that awareness. People obviously it's going to be, there's going to be another layer of distrust in the culture to deal with it as well. Like if somebody sends you like a picture of your girlfriend. Like having sex with Donald Trump, you're not going to like believe it straight away. This stuff's always been there. Like you know, the fact is the, the, the intent. You know, like remember the fattening? Of you know, course, so it was huge. kind of. But now they can just do it without sort of uh, consent, aren't they? They can just keep, keep going deeper and deeper into it. But the you know the, the the apps that they've got now, they're almost for like daily use. You know. Well, all really, you have,
0: all you have to do is type into Google AI deepfake and dozens of apps websites um companies come up right it's 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 very easy to be done right now if you have the the technology to do it right and i think with more and more companies and apps and whatnot coming out it's just going to lower the price of everything because it's just going to be a saturated market if it isn't already but the u.s uh the white house did just uh start a bill for – uh it's a blueprint for for AI Bill of Rights. So that's coming now. I don't know if it's in effect right now, but it's definitely being presented. And, you know, there's relationships to existing laws and policy. Um I mean, you can just read it if you want. It's a lot of legal talk and mumbo-jumbo, but, you know, there's algorithmic d- discrimination. That occurs when automated systems contribute to unjustified different treatment or impacts, disfavoring people based on their race, color, ethnicity, sex, including childhood, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? So um, it touches upon uh, data, data privacy, um, principles to practice, everything that you can think of. Um, human alternatives, considerations and fallback. Uh, like I said, all you have to do is type it in and, and you can see it, but it's, it's at the point where now, so the conspiracy theorist side of me is looking at this and wondering, like, who's funding who here? I mean, so deep fakes are coming in and, and the, Obviously, they could be very damning and have a damaging effect, but is is the the tail wagging the dog a little bit here? And what I mean by that is, is this a push for more censorship on the Internet? Is it the government's collectively getting together and putting these deep fakes out on purpose? Not necessarily the the sex ones, or they could be, I don't know, but the, the Donald Trump ones, the Joe Biden ones, all the ones, the, the actors, are they purposely putting these out in hopes of getting caught so that they can add more restrictions to the internet and restrict and censor more of what we see? Oh, yeah.
1: I think, you know, normally, well, recently, people have been worried about the this, this sort of sentient AI or, you know, AI is, has its own thoughts or its own, you know, its own demonic evil to it. But really, you should be looking at the, the evil evil of the people who actually own the AI software as well. And then, well, obviously, the like long-term the long, long-term goal of any state is normally like control. So to have a instead of having a police state, you'd have a digital police state, you know. And that's basically what like Elon Musk is like part of with the Everything app. They want to get everybody in the same position, you know, in the same place. And, you know, they have to be able to if, if your money is going to be on that app, you have to be able, they have to be able to enforce it. So sure. It's the same Absolutely. with the AI porn. They will there will definitely be people, uh, actors you know, who are pushing the bad side of it so that it can be shut down. Like the problem, reaction and the solution, they will create the problem then the media will, you know, create the outrage about it, and then they'll bring in the laws to control everybody, just kind of like how they always do it. But it's probably going to happen again. With the, of course. I mean, obviously, you can't have the Internet being the Wild West forever.
0: No. and You could, but that would it, be crazy. I mean, just think of, of social media in its infancy when, like, I remember – When Twitter came out, that was probably around 2012, I believe. And I was the first, I was one of the first of my friends on it. I was, uh, pretty interested in it and whatnot. And, um, you know, you think of Twitter back then and you think of Twitter now and in a lot of ways, Twitter has devolved into a cesspool of, of hate and, and whatnot. But, you know, there were literally no restrictions back then like there was uh, un, uncountable sites or accounts of porn whatever you wanted right and and drugs and porn and everything nefarious that is out there it, they it, they had a twitter account right and of course there was also the the clones of real accounts and spreading misinformation or disinformation but you know they had to clamp down and Steve Wozniak and Elon Musk um they both of them um and if you don't know them those are two of the highest players in the in the tech world right of course Elon Musk with Tesla and SpaceX and then Steve Wozniak is uh, co-founder of Apple um you know they're both asking for like a, a, a halt or a slowdown of AI technology because, and the quote is, uh, because it prov- uh, presents a profound risk to society and humanity, right? So, um, you know, when you yeah, get guys it, like, sorry, go on.
1: No, I think they always get you, they always lure people in with uh, like convenience and uh, porn and get you onto the site and using it and it's free. And then they slowly kind of, the big business starts working with the government and then they start like getting control of it because they they don't want it to get out of control. But they always start off saying, every very easy, you do whatever you want. So that lures people into using it. Now we've had fun with internet and social media and everything for like 10, 20 years. Now they're starting to think, you know, now this is a form of control that everybody wants. That Everybody wants the convenience and the banks are in.
0: I remember when the internet basically became a thing more than just chat boards that it was started out as how, how do you like, I I know how I feel about more censorship on, on the net and what is what we see and what we can't see. How do you feel about it? I mean, I personally I'm, I'm always on team chaos, right? I think if I want to see something, I should be able to go see it within reason. Obviously there's some things that really shouldn't be out there. Uh, the obvious ones, but and considering my children, um, I think it should be up to me to say what they can and can't see, and m- myself be in charge of blocking certain websites rather than the government. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, I think I mean it's sort of you'd want you'd want to sort of mirror what is going on in the the real world to a certain degree. Now you don't want. I mean, everybody says even if they say they don't want censorship, they, they still want censorship for like snuff movies, as in they don't want. Enough news on prime time TV, like most people right. don't. So there's always going to be a level of censorship. Uh, but I think True. the uh, maybe the transparency is the issue with the, like the Twitter files and the, the kind of interference and uh, how who they actually censor. It's how it's enforced and whether the rules are like applied equally. Agreed. I think we talked. I think we talked. Oh, maybe I talked about it somewhere that. that you know, they, are they going to apply the same rules about the, even like disinformation on the internet, do they apply the same rules to themselves or the mass media as they do to individuals on Twitter? Because Twitter basically drives the whole political narrative now. I know we think about it as everybody just hating each other and like, you know, drama on the internet and like, twi- you know, Twitter rants and Donald Trump and all that stuff, but actually the whole thing is driving the political narrative. So whoever, whoever controls that it has a big advantage. I'm sure that they have some kind of between the intelligence agencies and Twitter. There's some kind of back channel thing going on as well. 100%. So that, that's all the stuff. That, that's all the stuff that matters more. I mean, yeah, you can set your. You can probably set the private, you know, private security settings so that you, you know, your kids can't only use it for like an hour screen time, and then you can set it to you know only certain websites or only certain apps. You can virtually turn everything off. Uh, I think there's also like something called, a, I don't know if this is in the US or in Asia, they have things called dumb phones now for, for school kids. It's like a phone that basically isn't a smartphone. It, has, it basically comes, everything turned off. Really? It's only really a phone and a sort of WeChat, you know, a sort of email or a texting thing. It's like you can do that to your own phone, but I think you can now buy them. They're very cheaper. They don't have the capacity to do all the, the same thing. And those little watches, the Apple yep. Watch, those are very limited. I mean, you can still like keep in contact or track your kids, but they can't play like, a, I don't know, Candy Crush in math lessons.
0: Right. You know, see, again, as a parent, like my my kids are too young to have to have phones yet and stuff. They they don't and they they won't for a couple of years. But they know how to use the iPads and they're on it quite often. They play their games, whatever. But what what? I mean, there, there's obviously some benefits to stopping them from being on all the time. But how is it different from when? I was younger and the parent my parents were saying don't watch TV it's going to ruin your eyes and when like before television my grandparents parents whatever they didn't want people reading books because they were just sitting there and it was going to start rotting their mind right so um when does it become less beneficial to keep them off at what point you know what i mean because you're just yeah. denying them technology and denying them really what the real world is
1: yeah you have you have to have the you have to have be able to do that stuff you know and the you know the only the only thing you'd say the difference is that like difference. it used to be you know like kids and especially girl younger girls it always used to be like their nose was always in a you know a romance book or something you know they were just reading all the time and they didn't really go out into the world and you know get involved but with the thing with the phone or the pad that, you know, from my use of uh, YouTube, or sh- even Shorts, I think it's, a, it's an issue of uh, kind of uh, concentration span. Like, it basically mm-hmm. it's hard. Video games, too, is also just like hardwiring AD, ADHD, ADHD, mm-hmm. attention deficit disorder. Like, mm-hmm. if you, have you ever used, like, YouTube Shorts, where it's just like 10, 30-second video, something like that, and it just swipes, and it's just continuous? and you can sort of swipe up, that has to be like lowering your attention span because you can flick it on. You, you're getting addicted to this kind of very low level of uh, stimulation that you can just switch right. it. And the, videos, the content in the videos is just like, you know, cat thrown out of a window, oh, lands yes. in a bucket of water and survives, and then yeah. flip onto, you know, it's contentless. Whereas maybe reading does damage your eyes, but it's something more kind of informative, you know. Well, yeah, I, I there's mean... All, there's YouTube videos that you can learn all kinds of things, and it sure. seems to me, like, the kids that I know in the UK, uh, you know, they seem to, like, know a lot more than I did about, I don't know, how to screw in a, <laughs> a shelf or something. They just know all this trivia about everything, and health benefits, health tips and stuff, protein and energy levels, and, I don't know, it's just a lot
0: a lot more trivia. I, so, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, um but, the, but the, the
1: point is, do you need a concentration span in the future? It, exactly. People have a lower level. Doesn't mean just means. I mean, the dumber you are, the better you feel, really. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. In the future, you, you need to be able to sit down and read like an entire book in one day. No, you never really need to, anyway. So, you know, and the fact that you can, yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's the whole neuralink thing as well. I don't know. In the end, I mean, at the moment, like just when I'm like looking on YouTube, there's ad These ads keep popping up about. It's called AI um, dubbing. Basically, now if you pay the money, like I, I followed the link, but I didn't want to pay the thirty nine pounds. You basically talk into your phone. And it spits, as you speak English, it spits out Italian or Spanish. The right. language, I don't need to learn Chinese. I've just wasted like 20 years of my life learning, trying to learn Chinese. But now I can just use Google Translate, really, uh, and type yeah. in the English. It, it, that's the most basic level, and then press the button. And then I remember the ramifications. They were saying this like 10 years ago about the tech jobs in the U- U.S. or the U.K., that as soon as English to... Chinese to English, English to Chinese became like instantaneous. So when you talk to somebody in English, like like say Indian in India, you you call up the call center. You used to think that you were going somewhere in the UK, but you really you were going somewhere in India. Right. And, but I think as soon as in terms of tech, as soon as it becomes like instantaneous two-way system, you don't need to hire like British workers. For tech jobs, you can just hire Chinese because the, the language barrier is in—you know thing stopping you doing that. So it was that disappeared now. So there's right. all these kind of like knock-on effects uh, to the uh, AI stuff and the, the whole so, uh, sort of sex thing as well. You know, you know the Google executive
0: and the uh, sure. Well, getting back to the to the to the fake nudes, like the FBI has now they're issued a warning um and or an advisory warning of an uptick in extortion schemes involving involving fake nudes right and by creating ai tools and i watched a video of a of a guy he said he's been doing this for 20 years um he put out a bunch of um tom cruise tiktok videos like tom cruise golfing and tom cruise doing this and tom cruise you know saying that and it looks 100% real. Sounds like Tom Cruise. All he had to do was hire an actor that had similar features to Tom Cruise. So, i.e., a Caucasian male, um, the thin, whatever, with dark hair, basically. And he filmed this guy doing all these TikTok videos and then he, he basically cut out tom cruise's face and just put it on and that's what these people are doing now and it's again this is going back to um what you said earlier about like high school girls and um you know how they're going to feel how it's going to affect them down the line because you know the blackmail the the fbi is saying that the blackmailers um they they use these pictures to to like get money off these teenagers like this is going to drive people to kill themselves, or you know this is going to drive people to be ridiculed and made fun of endlessly this it's a very very dangerous thing that's happening,
1: yeah even if it even if people are aware of it, aware of it, which everybody will, but I think it still has like this sort of psychological effect it's just like if if your apartment gets broken into and you go back and everything's all over the place, and they 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 didn't really take anything. They maybe took old tea They took something that you didn't care about. But there's still a kind of a bad feeling about getting broken. Your flat broken into. You know. For the sure. Same with the, the Tom Cruise stuff. Like I, I remember the I don't even know if it's a deep fake, but it was like Tom Cruise running like in the desert or something, talking about running for president. I basically I believed that as when I first saw it. I was like he's definitely running for president because this was right. before I really knew about it. But it still put the idea in my head that Tom Cruise could run for president, even though it turned out to be, you know, not true. But it still has yeah. this thing where it put it into your head that this could happen, and that it's, it's sort of like it's also like rape. It's sort of even though rape is bad, the girl, even though she's not, it hasn't done anything wrong, they feel really bad about it. So sure, the, the crime and the, just the idea of them being out there in a porn just is is bad for, is bad for them psychologically. Even though everybody can say don't worry about it, we know it's bullshit. It still has this kind of underlying. And the, the, what I noticed with that Google executive is that he didn't. There's, there's the, the scientist guy and the technology people are just doing it because they can, you know, and they're interested in it. And they say, you know, if you if we could like stimulate you to have these emotions, and they're all uh, their emotions and things that you all enjoy, like having sex. Uh, you know whether it's virtual or not. You know it's still, you know it's still something that we can do and you can enjoy it. But they don't really think further past that to the next level. They're just trying to get that job done and provide the service. So they they're like outside of like any like moral feeling about it. But they also don't, they also think that, that they also seem to think that that is uh, kind of has some kind of that's sort a of positive thing. But, they also, but they're also forgetting that you're not always in the metaverse or you're not always in, this a, in the AI sex bot thing. So when you leave that, that area, it, it's a bit like going on and playing GTA for eight hours and, and then you think you're that guy and then you leave. You still have to go back to reality. Right. So they almost look, as it, look at it as if you're always going to be in this perfect world. And this is a this is a positive thing because you're always going to be there. They don't mention that you're actually going to have to go back into the real world. So like why would you leave, really?
0: Well, I I think that's the desired outcome for, and I, I think I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on the show before. That's that's the outcome that some of these executives um, are striving for is to create that complete AI world where they, they don't have to leave, right? They can just go in there and submerge themselves into that world and live there as a god forever. Yeah, I think that's, that, that will
1: become a norm. And you can see it's uh, a convergence. All the, all the technologies converged into the phone, but they're also now going to converge all the social media, the sex and the banking and everything into... I know that the people say that the metaverse didn't take off, but that was just like this generation. The idea is still there, and eventually, you step by step, as you can see, the the government uh, guidelines for AI. They're getting ready for it all to be in this one place, and that keep, keeping everybody in there basically achieves a, some kind of a, objective. As in, you, if people are just online in there, they're pretty much under control. You can see them all. You can watch them. You know, everything's convenient. Mm. It's all become streamlined. It costs less. There so are countries that's doing that, like Taiwan is a bit like that. It's okay. so efficient with the phone and the technology that it saves them a lot of money. Like, it, if you when you go to the hospital, it isn't a big pile of paperwork and hundreds of workers. It's just like, I, get, I went to the dentist, just my phone and the two people that work on me. There isn't like admin staff there. So they're just, it's just saving money for everybody. And everything's really? much. Uh, I don't have to think. It's just the app does everything. Like you pay using the app. It tells you when you're supposed to be there. They don't have to talk. <laughs> wow. ATMs, obviously, the first one of the. You know, I always go to an ATM to do anything in the bank. So I don't want to t- uh, have a social interaction with another
0: person. Right. Well, it's it's <laughs> the whole self checkout line at Walmart too, right? Or the grocery or the supermarket, right? I mean, yeah. That's that's. Yeah, they're they're taking away jobs, but it's it's a lot more convenient. And I'm with you. I'll go to that. I'll go to the self checkout or the ATM every time before I go into the bank or go to the actual cashier. Right? I mean, yeah, it's
1: convenient. They upsell you in the bank, yeah?
0: for sure, Well, that's yeah, yeah. They upsell you in the bank too. I mean, but it's you know, um, it's it's tricky because you know. I, I'm. I think I'm a pretty sociable guy. I like talking to people, and and you know I go out and I'm not shy to talk to anybody. Whatever, I have a good time. But you know, there's also times when I don't want to talk to people, and that might be at the supermarket, that might be at the bank. That like just use the two examples that we've we've discussed, you know. But there's the fine line of that being the uh there for convenience, and that becoming the norm.
1: There's yeah, so a trade-off between like there's some sort of element of privacy to using self-checkout because you can just buy whatever you want and they don't like judge you. Like if you've just got like a multi-pack of like I don't know Snickers bars and three bottles of whiskey, they don't look at the the self-checkout doesn't look at you weird. You
0: know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Do you know Do you know what Mid Journey is? Uh, no. <clears throat> Mid Journey is a it's an AI generated generated photos. Um, our buddy Franz was big He was the one that introduced me to it too. And for a while, we were just um, shooting pictures back and forth of stuff that that you just make up, right? And you could um, instruct it to do it in a cartoon style, in a Renaissance style, and and then of course you could instruct it to do in a, a real lifestyle, right? So there was a picture of the Pope. That went viral. I believe it was in March of this year. And um, it was Pope Francis, but he was in like a Balenciaga, like a white, puffy Balenciaga jacket, right? And of course it wasn't yeah. him, right? Um, but this picture went viral because people, like, that's how good it was that that people were thinking that, like, the Pope is all of a sudden a trendy guy, right? But it's scary, and I, I'm bringing this up because um, I'm reading an article about. Um, you, you kept talking about the the Google executive. I, I suppose you're talking about Jeffrey Hinton.
1: Uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Whoever it was, yeah, they're t- talking about the sex the sex robots, and that they yeah. you didn't need another being. You know, that's right. Just saying, you don't know, need another person. This, we can actually, you know, tot- a total simulation. That totally tricks you and you can't tell. And then, obviously, the NeuroLink. I think he was talking about, or the article at least started talking about the NeuroLink. And, you know, basically, you'd be covered in electrodes or in some kind of suit. So you get all the sensations as well. So that is the next. And they're basically, they use the uh, Pro ProVision or something, VR headset. Right. For the porn. I, I know that Oculus or something already exists, doesn't it? For just like watching
0: a kind of 3D porn. But so this is—he's talking about more of a sort of one-on-one that, experience. Again, go, going back to Franz, I was—I'm I, pretty sure it was on the show too. Um, when we were talking to him, he had said that he tried, or was it you that said that that they tried the Oculus porn? Did you ever try it?
1: I think uh, I think we were suggesting it for somebody else. That right. why haven't they started using it? Right by like somebody who was into porn. Like why
0: why didn't they use it? I just remember him saying that he, when he put on the headset, it was, it was, it was like, um, Lara Croft from the early Tomb Raiders, you know what I mean? Like, very pixelated, very pointy, right? So, obviously fake. And just how far we've come in such a long, in a short period of time, a long way we've come in such a short period of time is that now you're submersing yourself in a world where it seems real and, and what you said is you're, like, attaching electrodes to your body so you get the full sensation, too? Yeah, I think that's one a
1: way of going, isn't there? That they basically they're putting, like, they could put sensors all over your body to, like, give, you know, to simulate that, but they could also, the neuro link is the, you know, tapping into your sort of spinal and brain, and then you just get all, they can just put any sensations in there once want to, and then sync it up. So like, you are muscle. I know they just use it now to help people walk, get you know, spinal injuries, and I don't know, there's some story about a monkey. So, that, or, but there sort of seems to be like a physical, that's the more physical side, but also going into the metaverse is a, right. sort of another step. Right. Where it could still look, you could be looking at an image, and it's not really there, but you could also be sort of interacting with some kind of dialogue. Like, I used to, li- when I lived, I lived in Japan town for a bit, and uh, on my way back, from the subway to my flat. There was this like uh, garbage depot thing with trucks and stuff. And one day, one day I was walking past and there was like a, a kind of like a, a sort of sex doll that was just like thrown on the side of the road there. Like mm-hmm. they wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. And yeah. It looked like it didn't really used like heavily.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it had
1: that like, tape on it and stuff. And I like I like took it and I, I I was gonna take it into my complex and get it up into my building. But I realized I had to go through security. So I went around the side and threw it over the wall and then went inside and got it. And I took it up to my flat and I put it on my kitchen table. And I just like, I didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) It was just this used sex doll. I was just like sitting across like eating cornflakes with it in the morning. Then I deflated it and like had to smuggle it down into the bin section to get rid of it. But yeah, I think Japan and those type of cultures, they're just way ahead of like in the UK, I don't think. I don't know, but I don't think everybody's got, like, a sex doll. But maybe. There's the, the whole flash flashlight thing. Kind yeah, of, yeah,
0: like, yeah. Flashlight. Getting
1: close yeah. To, combine that thing with the kind of VR porn. You're getting close to the kind of contraption that, you, that they can make for you. I mean, if you think about it, I don't know why women don't have, like, some kind of meta- mechanical, like, machine that has, like, a piston on it. I don't understand. They probably do, but it hasn't become very popular.
0: What's that uh, machine that Howard Stern used? The Sibian. That's what it's called. That was, that's what it was. The Sibian. Um, oh, so it, it was like a framework with a kind of uh, dick attached to it.
1: Yeah, was also the sex.
0: Was sex wings? Um, Yeah. The, well, the se- the sex wing was was that's a '70s thing, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, that's going back a long way. Uh, so you can sort of see how that they like they gave everybody Pornhub, which is
1: sort of free to like get everybody into it. Then they're also like providing this other kind of the sort of contraption uh and the sort of dolls and stuff. So they sort of like yeah, they're putting uh, okay. putting all these different elements together.
0: So Howard Stern has this um contraption. I just pulled it up right now and it's called the sibian so it's basically what you were saying it's this machine that the girls go on and they ride it and it's it's got like a it's got like a penis on it that thrusts back and forth and it's supposed to supposed it's to like uh, a bike. you like pedal on it they don't pedal but uh you you definitely but go on me. it why what would be the point i don't understand to my myself i don't understand why the next generation or the way we're going we're we're so we're getting so far away from actual human touch like I, to me at least i would think that no matter where we go and how far the technology gets it, it's never going to replace the real thing are we raising a, a bunch of incels to the point where they're taking over and that, that they can't get anything else other than this like what's happening
1: yeah that, i think that is the that's the plan it's just uh, it's almost, yeah, it's just, it's almost like the corporations or this sort of, the people who are trying to make money, they create these, they create these markets, and then they kind of somehow, they they sort of uh, kind of push everybody into these sort of things, uh, whether they're like outlawing one thing and letting the other thing go, but they seem to be, they're just investors, like fuel the mar- open the market, don't they? So they, they invest in it. And then it's open, and then they keep investing in it and, and keep pushing it. It's kind of just it, to me, it's almost like the same kind of formula as the like war machine. You know, you don't need to have a war, but because people are invested in it, it becomes more and more that's what's going to happen. And there's so many elements to the why are the kids online so much? Well, it's because everything else is kind of boring in comparison. Sure. And, and they started young, and it's just that now, I think, it's almost like their that's their normal social mode, is to go on to some uh, chat, chat rooms and talk to their friends and play video games. And it's just so much more exciting than just going to stand together at the park and maybe, like, get some beer or something. But so is it kind all... Of like- I don't know. Is it though? I, I think they get tra- I think you get trained into it. So It becomes like that's what you want. To, that's what you want to do because that's what you do. So it sort of becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then when you try the other thing, it's just not as. Plus the environment around. Um, I don't know. Like I walk, so when I go back to UK, I walk past my old school, like uh, mid, uh, what's it called, primary school or elementary school. Right. Like on the way to the shop. When I was there, there was no like fence or anything around it. Now there's like ten foot high, like almost like electric fences, like, and there's a proper security gate and security guards just for primary school in the basically in the countryside. Really, and I think that, that and that kind of like the I don't know whether it's the internet porn that's created more predators or more weirdos, or whether the media just created this fear that everybody, you know, your kids are going to get kidnapped by a pedophile. So the security's gone up. So I think that, that's, like, part of it, is that people don't want to send their kids, you know, to the park on their own. They don't want them roaming around on the street because of all this crime, and also you know, you see all these documentaries about kids getting taken, and the YouTube videos also very, like, hyperbolic. Yeah. You know, it, they show just motorbikes pulling up past like supermarkets one guy getting off picking up a kid that's just standing there waiting for his mum and they just drive off. Uh, yeah, just another, exact, I don't know if that <clears throat> the YouTube also picks on you know it's all about you know people getting killed and you know the fear at the fear level because so that's what people want to see isn't it sort of uh, more like controversial stuff or scary stuff. I don't know if that trains everybody into like just saying, I don't want to leave the house. Because if I leave the house, I'll get, you know, I'll be in a car crash or somebody will take my kids. Well, oh, so yeah. Let them stay here. You know, it's safer. Cheaper, probably. Right. The,
0: the, the most I had to worry about when I was a kid was, you know, don't don't go up to the van. You know what I mean? Don't go up to the black van that was offering you candy. You know what I mean? Like Free candy and- written on the side. Yeah, Like you know what I mean. And now it's it's guys on motorcycles, like driving up and kidnapping children. Like I I think like again as a parent, um, I'm cautious of what I let my children do, but I also am a little liberal on other stuff too because I think they need to experience it, right? And you know, I I let them like. I let them go out on the street by themselves. they are like there's a whole bunch of them always, but you know, y'all let them go out and stuff. But I, I don't, I don't know if my parents, when when they let me go out, I don't know if my parents have the same or have had the same level of concern for for like kidnappers or 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 pedophiles or just general bad people like I do today. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was as yeah. prevalent back then as it was. And I don't think I, it was. I I don't think so either. And I try not to let that, because again, to your point, like it's how much of that fear is driven from actuality, and how much is it driven from media propaganda, right?
1: Yeah, I think partly media, partly media propaganda, plus like you know, like your overstimulation that you've seen on YouTube videos, Netflix, everybody's seen more movies and watched more T V and a lot of it is touching on these subjects as well. This whole documentaries about pedophile rings, Jeffrey Epstein, obviously. You know, it seems like it's everywhere now. And that makes, you know, that kind of idea is, is much more known. But that's always been the case. As in I think during the great you know, the great uh, John Dillinger era of crime. It used to be that newspapers didn't even, didn't really report crime or murders on the highway, you know, back in the 40s or 30s or something. Newspapers didn't always, and they almost created some of those crime figures like John Dillinger, because it was exciting. But there was a time when the newspapers and the media didn't talk about it, so people didn't even know. But now we've gone almost to the other end of the scale, where every more local crime in the schools is like reported isn't it? i mean it's on social media straight away so you you're being exposed to it, it maybe always did
0: exist though well yeah i mean and and again i remember I remember listening to some 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 old timers talk um this is going back a few years but Natural disasters is what they were talking about, actually. And one of them was talking about all these increase in natural disasters that were happening, and this is going back to probably two thousand two, two thousand five, somewhere around there. And there, there are always more natural disasters now than there was before. And the other guy just said, "Well, is there more, or are they just being reported more because there's more news now?" And it's that's a valid question, right? So, who's who, right? Is it is it actually increasing in frequency? Or is it just being reported more?
1: Yeah, and it just and it depends on whether you, what what the individual uh, viewing habits is as well. Sure. Your access to it. So there's that. I mean, it may be even being reported more on YouTube or on TV. But if you don't watch the news, like if you actually stop watching this stuff for a bit, you can almost uh, you can almost believe that it's not really happening. Exactly. And a lot of it is. Some of it, like, especially in politics, it seems to only last for like one or two days, and then they move on, never to never to talk about it ever again. Mm. And you get to the point where you're going, did that happen, or did I make that up? You know, huge things that happen that they never really talk about. And then there's things that actually happen that they never talk about as well. So it's, it's it's all, it's all, it must be filtered through.
0: It's interesting who, to to know who's controlling the narrative, right? So, one thing that's in the news, like we're going to take a a, a complete one hundred and eighty here. I, I did want to talk to you about this. What do what do you think is happening in Maui? Um, I don't know. Sounds like coconuts and beer. Do you, do you do you know Maui's burning,
1: right? Um, not no, but I can imagine. But why is it burning?
0: Well, okay, so the story is. Um, and it's probably true is that there was uh, a hurricane that they felt the remnants of a hurricane and sparked a fire and basically burned down uh, lah- Lahaina of in Maui. So the yeah. island is basically burning. So let's. I just... can
1: I can say something about it. What's i The same thing is happening in. Uh, well, it's kind of related. Maybe are you talking about why is it burning? Like why is it on fire? Because I was reading one story in the UK. You know, they're always talking in UK, the UK, so the UK is like very, like climate change. And they've been saying, you know, oh, it's because of climate change. They just say that that's why it's 40 degrees or that's why Europe is on fire. Yeah. But I read one story the other day and it was something about a volcano. And uh, all these, like, this volcano erupted and all these particles that went into the atmosphere and they basically. They basically kind of changed the atmosphere so that less heat leaves, so that a lot of the world has been affected by this uh, volcano exploding and all the little particles going up into the atmosphere. And that might be why Europe is actually uh, rising temperatures rather than just, you know, the carbon footprint of the world. It's also got something to do with this volcano. In Maui, what is it?
0: The story is that they felt the remnants of a hurricane and it sparked a fire in one of the forests there, and basically, like, half the island's burned, and hundreds of people have died, actually. How an island as small as Maui that's in the middle of the ocean could be suffering from severe drought, I don't get that.
1: Uh, Because the the water sources, it's more to do with the infrastructure, maybe, supply line, as in they don't have access to free... They don't act, have access to uh, water, maybe, in reservoirs and stuff. Because so there's a whole, like, cleaning system. Uh, that, uh, in Taiwan, they have these reservoirs, and when it doesn't rain, uh, they don't fill up. So they kind of run out of water. But a lot of water, like drinking water and stuff, they get imported. So there's the infrastructure part and the supply line. So the drought, you're talking about, like, a real drought, as in it just doesn't, it hasn't rained enough. Or do you mean that there's a water
0: uh, shortage, it, drought, as in it hasn't rained enough. Yeah. But it does like it's an island. It's surrounded by water. I, yeah. Again, I I run, like I don't understand, so I, I can't make a, a, a. Can you can you drink like seawater? Or does it well have no to it's be the, it's the ocean outside. right it's the ocean yeah. so it's salt water.
1: Yeah, but I mean you can filter it, but you need to have all the technology to do these types of things, and if you don't. But yeah, they could, I mean, there's, I mean Taiwan rains a lot. It almost, it's like a sort of tropical cycle of really hot for a week, builds up, big storm water. But they have problems with their water supply. For some reason, they don't have enough. I think it's because they don't have, the, the water might be there, but they don't have the infrastructure to actually use it. So it ends up with all the crops dying. You've got to get the water into the crops. I mean, I know there's rain and stuff, it doesn't make sense to me that they have a water source because it always seems to be raining. So, right. Strange I mean, time for living. There, there are periods when it doesn't rain that. So, Maui it could happen. I don't know what what kind of crops they what, they... what they kind of
0: grow. Um, I know they grow pineapples. Lots of them. I guess also seasons.
1: Like you you are not talking about it doesn't have to not rain it might rain but at the wrong time. So maybe when maybe. when the you know seasonal whenever the pineapple is supposed to get water it didn't get it. So hence they call that a drought. Same thing happens here, there's something called plum rain. Or you know that movie, uh, Black Rain? Yeah. With Michael Douglas. Yeah. Where it's just like it's raining like <laughs> the whole movie. There's a yep. thing called Black Rain with just this really dark rains are weak. They have plum rains here, and it's something to do with the the plum season. They have plums here, and it rains, and they need that. But if it doesn't come, these plum rains, then the whole crop is knackered. So these are all the things that the US and the UK kind of exported to other countries. (laughs) We don't do, we don't really grow as much stuff as that. We import this stuff. Right. Rather than, rather than actually do, you know, do it ourselves in some cases. So, you get like a, sometimes you, you know, here, there's a definite season. Sometimes the stuff like fruits and mangoes and stuff, kiwis, they're everywhere. And then suddenly, because it's out season, they disappear. Right. In, in the UK, it never disappears because everything, like kiwis are in mm.
0: So. <laughs>
1: It's a weird weird place where they've just got everything and you just think that it's, it's like that Ali G thing where they, you know, you take the kids to the countryside and when they get there, all the kids get off the bus and they they like point at like a cow and go, what is that? Right. And they ask you, where does like a, where does like a, a beef burger come from? And they say like the supermarket. They didn't realize it was a cow. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I think there's loads of people, kids like that. They don't even know where food comes from.
0: Well, I I remember, I remember when I told my children, they they couldn't believe it, right? Like we were eating uh, beef, whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a cow," and they were like, "We're eating a cow," you know what I mean? Like, or we're eating a chicken. Um, and yeah, It 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 horrified them, to be honest, right? <laughs> like,
1: well, no, well, well, I. I only like, I think last year I found out that cranberries grow like on water or something. I thought they were like a berry that you know, like a blueberry or something. But cranberries grow like on the top of water or something. What? Yeah, that's why they're called ocean spray. The whole thing just made complete sense. I was always like ocean spray, you know, the ocean spray brand. Yeah,
0: of course, of course.
1: Yeah, they grow like I think they grow in salt water or at least on water. They're not growing on a tree, cranberries. Like, what? Well, look at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something like a thigh up the Thanksgiving thigh up just tricked me into thinking that they, you know, it was like, you know, they grew in a farm, like with the turkeys and there were cranberries just growing. How, where were they growing? Like, in the ocean?
0: Wow. How does it cra- like I'm looking at this right now, and yeah, it's: So the process: Craberriess grow on low-lying vines in beds layered with sand, peat, gravel and clay, and they're known as bogs or marshes, and are originally created by glacial deposits.
1: So they grow wow. on, like, on water. So when they, farm, yeah. they, when, they the, when they farm them by like the ocean spray, it's, it's almost like a little, small little reservoir or like rice paddy field with a thin thin layer of water or something. Like, that's not what I thought that cranberries were going to be like.
0: (laughs) No, not at all, man. Well, that's interesting. probably
1: lose stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think even, like, you know, cans. I always thought that, like, a Coke can was, like, you know, you'd have, like, the round bit on the outside, and then they put the lid on or the bottom and then put it all together. It's actually all made from one piece of tin.
0: No, I I can. I can. I used
1: to work in a canning factory. Okay, (laughs) I think you have to be on the front line to know all this stuff.
0: (laughs) I I used to work at a canning factory for for real, and it is a fun. Okay, this I'll I'll, uh, wrap up the show with this story. Um, so it was in the summertime. I had a job at a factory. Um, I was still in high school, and. The factory was a, was a cola factory or a a soft drink factory and it made off brand soft drinks like, um, like your store brand cola or store brand ginger ale, whatever, right? And for about a week, my job was, um, I would hold up these tubes of lids that like the cans would come, the cans would go on the production line, would get filled up. And then they would come to me in my my area, and I would have these tubes of about a 1,000 lids. And I had to feed it into the machine and just stand there. And the way my station was set up was I was facing the clock, right? And I didn't want to face the clock because this was the most mundane, like, brain-dead work I had ever done. So I, I take this big sleeve of lids and I feed it into the machine and all the cans go by and it stamps them on, right? Stamps on the lid as it goes by. And I would have to get another sleeve, get it prepared to pour in so that there was no disruption in the production line. And I made a point not to look at the, at the clock because I didn't want to get sucked into that. And I just kept doing this and then I was like, I was like, okay, it had to, like, I, for sure, I was like, it had to have been at least Two hours now, because I've been doing this for a long time and I've got the hang of it now, dude. It was fucking thirty-five minutes. It <laughs> it was it was the most <laughs> it was the most boring job I have ever done. So yeah, it's they're they're not from one piece of tin. I I I know because I fed that fucking machine for what seemed like hours, just lids as a as those cans went by on the production line.
1: Yeah, it's like the mail; it just never stopped coming
0: never stops coming man and then of course all these guys they they hated me because i was just a student and i was a dumb kid and if i fucked up it was always my or if if anything on the line fucked up it was always traced back to me right because i was a student what a terrible job man but that made me that made me think twice about leaving school (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so i was like i don't want to fucking do this for the rest of
1: my life i had the same thing with like uh like yeah the first summer out of college or something I everybody like, get a job, get a job. So I just got this job at a chocolate factory. And I didn't know anything. And I just went in there. And, and the job was basically they had this, like, nougat. They made this, like, hard candy or hard nougat stuff. And it was all on the conveyor belt. And all the offcuts that didn't make go into some special chocolate just came down this conveyor belt. And I had a hammer. And I had to hit, break it all up so that I could pack it into these. You know, like uh, kind of commercial bags of otka, of this kind of cheap nougat. So you have like the head, head you know, muffed, ear muffs on, because you just everybody's in the line smashing this, this this kind of nougat, hard nougat. And after like uh, I, I lasted like two days, because my ears were just like ringing at night. You know, the first night I could like couldn't even hear. It was like you go to a concert or something in a club, had like tinnitus or something. After two days, I quit.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Yeah, and then I did absolutely nothing for the whole summer. (laughs) I avoided getting any of
0: those jobs. I remember one guy, like, as a kid, like I was still a teenager, obviously. I was still in high school when when I had this job and a host of other jobs in summer times where people were doing these as careers, and just the people you met at at such a young age, where you're such you're so impressionable. Like I remember, I I thought this guy was the coolest guy ever, right? Because his his station was right by um like a an emergency exit, a fire exit, and he had um kind of like disarmed the alarm for that door so he could sneak out during the day and. Take puffs out of, out of his, out of his pipe, right? He was smoking weed all day. So he was on his, on his line and like this is operating heavy machinery, right? So he's on his line and he would duck out every hour or so to go take a couple puffs on his pipe to get high again. And then on his way home, he always had, uh, two king cans of beer. In his in his car for the drive home. And I used to think like you know I'm just, like I said I'm just a kid. I used to think this guy was the coolest thing ever, right? This guy's such an outlaw, is a badass. Now as like a fully grown adult, I'm like that guy had a serious fucking problem, man. Like like you know he's at work, ducking out to smoke weed, and then drinking two can cans on the way home, and that's that's his day, right? So it, it's yeah, different. It's your perspective change, and I'm glad I didn't end up on that line like him. Yeah, well, that's what those, those sort of jobs do to you because they basically just—they
1: don't give you any variety, do they?
0: They, they just suck it, everything it, out of you, man.
1: Yeah, they just go. You got ten hours. Yeah, and you're going to be doing this one thing for the whole ten hours. You know, it's—it turns you into a, like a complete, like brain—you know, brain dead that's for five days a
0: week. Yeah,
1: yeah, mangling your brain, and then at the weekend you can. You can barely think. I had like a warehouse job where it was all about the num- numbers There were all these lines of clothes and they all came down and you had to put, put them away. And, and, you know, there was a sort of alphabetical system and a number system. And, uh, but you know, and I sort of, because I'm me, I just memorized all, you know, I memorized every, all the numbers and where all the aisles were. So I knew all the sections on the whole floor. But by the, after like three months, that's all, that's all I knew.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like oh, when exactly. I
1: left work, I was just like, I didn't. Have, it just through through the all night. I have like numbers running through my brain. Like yeah. you know, this goes there. <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't read. I couldn't do anything. And that one of those jobs because so you had to like reach up to hang the clothes. I remember one guy that I took round, like just showing him what the job was, and he, he sort of. I think you take a test, and then you like a kind of a math test or something, so you can, but. The the problem his problem was that he was too short to hang the clothes on the line, so he so he walked out. He didn't accept the job because basically the the rail was too high for him. Oh man! And another one was like, it took me a day to realize that he couldn't read. I was like, why the fuck is this all fucked? Like page after page of stuff that didn't like match up to what what he'd actually done. And it's because he couldn't read or write. Well he couldn't oh. write, but he couldn't read or something. Back in mm-hmm. the day, they had to sort of they had to let him go.
0: That's nuts, man.
1: Anyway. Yeah, the, Yeah, I sort of had that with somebody like they used to go to like these uh play football games, like we were like kids, like younger kids, playing in like an adult team and the guy would come and pick us up in like a Porsche. And right. we'd be driving like that hundred to the next city basically to play this game at like ten o'clock in the morning. And he he just like he had this course just for like weekends, like away from his wife or something. That's basically why he was playing. It just that's why the most older guys would be playing. It's just, you know, Saturdays was like football day. And the,
0: <clears throat>
1: I, I don't know what was wrong with him. Like he always like the way he like walked around, it's like his tendons were too like short or something. So he walked around on his tiptoes. But then when he's like driving the car, he used to like he'd speed up and then he'd break it and speed up. So you'd be going down the motorway, going yeah. forward, back, then slow down. And by the time we got to the game, we'd all just like, like we'd get out. He'd pull the seat forward and we'd like get out of the car and just like basically puke on the side, outside the pitch. <laughs> he just so like car sickness on the, like the highest level. It's like, why are you driving like this? He also, like, he, I don't know why he always took it. I think we just crammed us into the back. Nobody wanted to get in the back of this naked, like, uh, Porsche yeah. 911. But there was like, this big hill going down, like, somewhere around where we lived. And he didn't know where he was going after, and ha- he probably had, like, two beers, like, in the, in the pub on the way home, and he was driving us. And he came down this hill pretty fast, and, he, and then suddenly there was a junction, and he slammed the brakes on, and there was all this gravel. And we kind of like slid across this road <laughs> into the like into this like oncoming like oncoming traffic. Well, luckily nothing was coming. But and he was always, he, like we just sort of sat there in silence. And he said, "Don't mention this to anybody." And yeah, <laughs> and we and then he we just went went as fast as he could in the you know down the road. It was like he's gonna he's gonna get us killed.
0: It's amazing, man. It's amazing what some people think they can do, and in reality they can't. So, oh, no, you, uh, they no. get, like
1: speeding tickets. On, they always get speeding tickets on the way to the matches.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you'd be on the on the field looking up, going, "Where is he?" And then you'd see his like Porsche 911 yeah. burning across the highway in the distance, <laughs> and he'd turn what? up and go, "I'm not pulled over."
0: Ridiculous, ridiculous. So, are you still doing a wasted show? Uh, yeah, uh, on Rumble.
1: For sure. Uh, so look for with, it. And uh, Rose, but Borky, uh, He's also putting content. I think he's putting. That, he's supposed to be sending me something today. Something to oh, do nice. with. Uh, he went to see a Guns N' Roses show, I think. So maybe he right. a review.
0: Right, so nice. On, cool.
1: Uh, yeah, the Wasted Show.
0: Cool. So the Wasted Show, you can find that on Rumble. Just type in the Wasted Show. Um, again. I listen to it. I enjoy it. Um, Broski or Borky, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's always, he's always an interesting cat to have on. And, uh, he's, he's always got some interesting things to say. And, uh, we were on the local Discord chat. Um, he was talking about the, the show a bit. And, ah, I hope you had a good time. And, yeah, tune into The Wasted Show. It's, it's always a hoot. Of course, we have the revamped new named uh shit radio coming up. uh we'll have an update on that soon, and of course, my other podcast, the cookout um currently on hiatus well, I don't wanna say hiatus, but um one of the guys is sick and has been for a while, and the other guy is doing summer things, so we're gonna start that back up in the fall so uh Stay tuned. More stuff coming. Uh Wasted is always a pleasure talking to you. Anything else you want to say before we leave?
1: Um, AI is the new war on drugs.
0: AI is the new war on drugs. This is your brain, and this is your brain on AI. And for that note, have a good night, everyone. Yeah.